Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of uh, I'm the Sports Category Director for Podcast Magazine and also host of the Neil Haley Show. I'm excited to welcome the program, former Pittsburgh Steeler, great LaVon Kirkland. LaVon, how are you, man? As you know, I'm a Pittsburgher. Uh, I'm always going to bring Pittsburgh Steelers as a Steeler through and through for you, LaVon, even though you play for other teams as well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for asking. I appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely. So let's just jump, LaVon, to – did you always want to be a football player growing up? Yeah, probably when I was about 11 years old. I was in the backyard. I threw the ball up in the air. I caught it, and I said I was going to play in the NFL. And that's what I always wanted to do. Were, was it an easy road to the NFL? Let's just talk about were you one of the best players in, like, let's say, high school and stuff like that? Would you well, say? Well, I, I, come, I come from a really small high school in South Carolina. So, you know, getting recruited and probably being a five-star recruit probably wasn't there. But um, I was able to get recruited by Clemson in South Carolina, which is kind of a big deal from where I'm from. And then, uh, you know, it was kind of the road was um, easy, you know, go to Clemson, uh, play very well, get recognized. And then I went to, uh, you know, then I got drafted. So, you know. High school might have been just a little bit of, you know, people just needed to see me. And back then, you know, we didn't have the Internet or anything like that. So it was a little tough. But, you know, I was really blessed. I, I really was I, I, to get noticed by Clemson and to be offered a scholarship from a guy that came from a 1A school. That, that wasn't bad at all. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it for sure. And so, you know, small, smaller school. Were you highly recruited by Clemson, or was it kind of a story? No, not really. <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. I was probably the last guy they gave a scholarship to. Really? Okay. Were you a Clemson yeah. fan growing up as a kid? I really, I really wasn't a Clemson fan or a South Carolina fan. Those, those are the two rivals um, in South Carolina. But I enjoyed watching both, so I, I didn't really root for one or the other. My the reason why I went to Clemson is because Miles Aldridge really recruited me very well. It was a really good relationship. I was closer to USC. It seemed like I would have went there, but the relationship wasn't there. And and Miles Aldridge never promised me anything. He just said, "Hey, I think you're a really good athlete. I'm gonna really fight for you to get a scholarship." And that's what happened. He offered me a scholarship, and there you go. So if you're one of the last to get a scholarship, you know the pressure's on, right, when you, you, you arrive at Clemson, right? Meaning that well, you, you know, yeah. you know I'm, I'm from this, like I said, I, I'm from this school, and everybody's kind of looking for you not to do well. You know, it was, you know, things like that didn't really happen to people at my school. So it was more so like they were probably waiting for me, you know, to fail or not to play at all. But I felt like I really had the talent to do it. So that was never in never in, in my mind. I always thought I was a good player. And I always thought that given the opportunity, I, I would make the most of it. How did you prepare yourself, like especially when your freshman year comes, to get ready to look at the competition level of Clemson, being able to play there and really kind of shine where when you got the opportunity? What was the – 
game plan? Like, did you have any like strategies and training going into the freshman year to show that you're going to be a higher stand standout than they expected? Well, you know, actually, I just I just wanted to go in there and just do my best every day. So I just really worked hard. It was really no secret formula or really any secret plan, but I, I went in there and I just bust my butt. I didn't play my first year. I got registered, which was fine for me. I, I knew I had to develop. I wasn't, um, I wasn't strong enough yet. And we didn't really lift a whole lot of weights at my high school, but you know, I knew I was a good athlete and, you know, once I got the opportunity, I started lifting some weights, got a little bigger and I, I knew that I was a hard worker. My high school coach really prepared us to be hard workers and uh, to be able to have energy. And that's what I had. I had energy. I went out there and I played hard and, you know, really started getting noticed that red shirt freshman year. And I didn't start the first game, but one of our guys got hurt. I ended up starting and we kind of went back and forth for a while, but the last three games, my freshman year, I ended up being a starter. I think I had like maybe five or six sacks that, that year. Uh, I had an interception in the ACC championship game. So it really just started blossom. I, I, I was I was young. I didn't really know the game as far as X's and O's, but <clears throat> I could get to the ball. And that's what I did my first year. And then going on my redshirt sophomore year, I asked for help uh, from Gene Chizik. And I, I was like, you know, can you help me understand the scheme and what we're doing? And he's like, absolutely. And once he did that, I understood and I grew up um, knowing what we were doing. <clears throat> and the next year I had an amazing year, was uh, all ACC. Ended up being uh, three-time all ACC and uh, two-time All-American. Really? Wow. Okay. So you, you learned the X's and O's scheming, understand the whole process of the game. So you were a student of the game in a way to get yourself to the next level after that, after the talent started going there, you know, it's not more, you need more than talent, right. To be successful as a, as a college football player and pro football player. Well, yeah, you know, really it was just kind of understanding what I was doing, but also I think, being a good, trying to be a very good technician and really just trying to absorb everything that I'm being taught. Because I, I knew I had the motor. I knew I had the ability. I just had to get stronger. And then once I got stronger, uh, I, I started understanding what I was doing. And it was more than understanding my position, but understanding everybody else around me, which made me better. So once I started doing that, you can see the leaps and bounds. I didn't really have to think as much. I can just go out there and react and, and use my athletic ability. Okay, so let's kind of jump into that. You talk about uh, the NFL. So you're really playing well at Clemson. Uh, did mm -hmm. you, you feel you knew the NFL was coming, or did someone tell you you have a really good shot? You said your whole goal your whole life is the NFL. When did yeah, you but, but I, really, I didn't really think about it that much. I, I, I had it. I just kind of made a decision that that's what I was going to do. I was going to play pro ball, but I didn't really, you know, it was, I wasn't obsessed about it. I just kind of just went along and did the daily thing. And then uh, quite honestly, uh, after my sophomore, my redshirt sophomore year, we played against West Virginia at the Gator Bowl. I ended up um, sacking 
Major Harris, um, one time just really hit him hard, just made him fumble one time. And I ended up getting the MVP. And in my junior year, I really started thinking like, man, I can maybe take it to the next level. And then, you know, going to my senior year, I was definitely pursued to, uh, you know, being a top, top round, first round or the second round. So my senior year, I really started thinking about it a whole lot more. But, you know, up to then, I really didn't think about it that much. I just kind of went on and just kept playing. And then once you know you're going to go to that next level, you step up your game even more and work harder, even harder, right? It seemed like hard work is a really big part of who you are. Yeah, you know, I just, you know, that my senior year, I, I was kind of pressing a little bit. And then I just kind of like, you know what, just play ball. Just, just go out there and be free. And I started doing that. And I ended up getting about about six sacks that year. I, I played outside linebacker. Ended up having a really good second half of the year. And I just played ball. You know, I, I you know, I worked hard, of course. I, I thought I was one of the harder workers there at Clemson. But, you know, also I think you have to free your mind to just play. You can't really get caught up in the hype, the pressure. You got to do the everyday practice stuff and then, when the game comes along, man, just let it go. Exactly, exactly. So what kind of explain us the whole thing in draft day? Where, where were you expected to get drafted? Things like that, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I was expecting to get drafted. I, I tried out for every team. It was a little different back then because the scouts called you, like, individually. It was never like a pro day like they have now. So I went through that, uh, you know, of course, I did the hula bowl and the senior bowl before all the combine stuff, went to the combine. And, you know, when it was time to get drafted, I was at my sister's home. And I remember it just like it was yesterday. I, the, I wanted to play with the Pittsburgh Steelers because I met Bill Cower. He was a young coach. Right. And I thought, like, man, I would love to, I want to play for him. So when the 38th pick came along, I went into the bathroom. And I look in the mirror and I was like, they're going to pick me. They're going to pick me. They're going to pick me. And I, I sat by the phone. That's the first time I sat by the phone. And gosh, the phone rings. I pick up the phone to Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, Charles Bailey was the scout at the time. And he was like, do y'all have, do y'all have cable TV in Lamar? And I was like, yeah, man, of course we do. He's like, do you guys have ESPN? I'm like, yeah, man, stop playing with my emotions here. And then he's like, hey, welcome to the black and gold. And, uh, mm-hmm. man, I was I was too happy. My family was really happy. My mother and father, you know, they were just cool, cool as cucumbers like they always are. And I just remember driving all the way back to Clemson and just really thrilled that I got off. I have an opportunity to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So now going with the Pittsburgh Steelers, were you um... – Growing up, did you watch the Steelers? Were they one of the uh, teams you were really familiar with? Oh, yeah, I was familiar with them, but I was a big Dallas Cowboy fan, so I wasn't really <laughs> feeling the Steelers like that. <laughs> I didn't really like the Steelers, man. They were just uh, they were just too good, and they would always beat my Cowboys. So, yeah, I, I was very familiar with the Steelers, but I wasn't a fan. When you got to <laughs> the organization, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know – how amazing that organization is, especially when you talk about uh, from the Roonies down to just everybody, the organization in general. What made it special being a Pittsburgh Steeler? Tell us that. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I think you're absolutely right. The atmosphere was great. Mr. Rooney, Mr. Dan Rooney was an amazing owner. Uh, and then you talk about the coaching staff that we have there. Uh, Bill Cowher, guys like Dom Capers, Dick LeBeau, Marvin Lewis, John Mitchell, uh, Tim Lewis, Jim, um, Jim Haslick. We've, we have some really good coaches. And the thing that I really liked about being with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think Coach Kyle really understood how to treat players. And that was whether he talked to guys, he met with guys, he gave us, you know, he gave us breaks. It wasn't that old school, you know, beat him with a whip the whole time. It was basically he was having conversations with prof uh, with professionals and you felt like a man. And I was like blown away that, uh, the one thing that was really funny that guys were calling the coaches by their first name. And I was so used to calling any coach by coach, coach capers, coach, whatever. But yeah, the organization was really good, man. And Bill Carr did such a good job that first year. And, you know, about for six years, we went to the playoffs. It was an amazing run. We, we had some really good teams and, you know, I grew up, um, as the team kind of grew up. So it was a great experience, really was. Exactly. And uh, two of the greatest moments being a Pittsburgh Steeler, can you tell me? Like, well, one, the one, whole, one, one, on, one on, on the field, one off the field. Uh, well, I think the whole Super Bowl uh, week was amazing. But then I also believe that we used to do this charity where we would go out uh, at the mall and we would buy coats for um, deserving kids. Now that was cool. That was real cool. And I, you know, it, it taught me about giving back, you know, so those would probably be the two best moments I had with the Pittsburgh students. Okay. So from their life after football, meaning as a professional playing, did you have plan? Did you have a good, game plan at that point. And I remember when I talked to you, you got involved more coaching after that fact, which is kind of funny. Yeah, you, came on yeah, you know, actually I wanted to do something different. So I ended up being on the admission staff at Clemson University. So I was in admission work for uh, about five or six years, but probably after my second year being in admissions work, I started coaching high school football as an adjunct um, coach. So I, you know, after work, I would just go to uh, my high school and coach it. And I just loved it. I really did. It was great giving back. And I really, I really liked the fact that I could teach, teach kids and teach linebackers what I do. And so it was a lot of fun. I still had to learn a lot as far as coaching is concerned, but it was a lot of fun. I ended up coaching um, high school for about four or five years. And then I went on to FAMU. And then I had uh, a coaching experience in the NFL with the Arizona Cardinals. So I, I, I did a little bit of coaching and now I'm working with a nonprofit. I'm doing my own podcast. I'm going back to school to get my master's and, and I'm trying to be a life coach myself. So it is, um, you know, I, I, I am pretty busy. <laughs> oh yeah, say the least. we'll have to definitely talk off air, Levon, especially with some of these experiences you're having. But let's talk the podcast now. Now, what made you decide to do a podcast? Because everyone's starting to do podcasts, right? You said you've been doing it for about two years. What was the reasoning? 
Well, you know, actually, I got asked to do the podcast with the Believe um, Podcast Network. You know, I, I've always did kind of like radio. Uh, I did that when I was um, doing the off-season uh, for Mark Packer when I was living in Charlotte. I've kind of always did it, you know, like I did a little bit in Pittsburgh, but it was like the oldie station. So I would come up in the morning, every Friday morning. So I always had that kind of, I don't know, flair, I guess. And I, I like to talk and I like to have conversations, whether that be about football or other things. So I, I think it's really kind of a natural fit for me. And uh, what do you think? So I love talking to podcasters because of the, the fact. So tell us about the show, how you kind of run your show. And then I'll, about preparation, we'll talk about after that. Yeah, we, you know, we really just have a conversation. And it, it's just like me and my co-host, Will Vandervoort, is we just have conversation. It's just like I call you and we talk about football. But we try to keep it to Clemson. But honestly. We talk, we, we share stories. We talk about everything. And so we kind of prepare like that. We do news and notes. Uh, we get interviews from, you know, the players or the coaches. We do that. But we mainly, you know, we have a conversation about football. We really try to get in depth as far as Clemson to give people a perspective that they may not have before. So I always say get a ring of honor because I, I got inducted to the Ring of Honor in 2019, which they put your name on the stadium. And so I try to tell people to get a Ring of Honor perspective, somebody who's coached on all three levels, somebody who's played on all three levels. And we talk about, you know, maybe things that other people don't talk about, body language, you know, it, are, is there trust on the team, uh, things like that. So we try to give it like two buddies, that are just having a beer or something and talking football. All right. So let's kind of jump. You talked about doing that, your preparation time. How much time do you spend prepping every week for the show? Oh gosh. Well, I probably, you know, cause I got so many other things. I probably do maybe uh, two hours a day, you know, maybe watching film, watching other teams. Cause we always, you know, we talk about the ACC right. as well. So it's not, totally Clemson. We talk a little bit about the Steelers because Will is a big time Steeler fan. So you're, you're trying to watch games. You're trying to read information. So it basically takes me about two hours a day to really kind of prep for it. When you're talking with your co-host, do you try to bring some controversy sometimes to the conversation or a debate style, or is it, what is your style of a, a co-host when you're doing the podcast? I, I try to be, I, I try to be as authentic as I possibly can. We're kind of like, it, it seems like it's supposed to be a Homer kind of podcast where we rah, rah Clemson, but I try to tell it like it is. And so those guys are not playing well. I would say they're not playing well. They're not doing this. I, I think that if I'm authentic, I'm okay with the results. So my whole style is to be authentic. So, I mean, I even, like the NC State game <laughs> we, we played, I predicted those guys are going to lose. Okay. I predicted that. I, I was just wow. like, I don't think they're going to win. And sure enough, they did. So it's more, it's more of a, I, I think, just being very authentic. You know, I'm not really trying to, to – you know, not trying to do controversy or anything like that. I'm just telling, I'm just telling my truth. And I feel like that works for me. 
you tell it like it is. Have you, what are some favorite podcasts you listen to outside of sports? Do you have any podcasts you listen to? I, you know what, I, you know what I do? I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts, but I do listen to a lot of TED Talks. <laughs> I already and I listen where to where a lot going, of LeVon, I, LeVon, I already see where you're going. You said life coach, you're ready to be on the stages everywhere. I can tell that's one of your. What, yeah, what, you know, I, I've actually today, because I'm dressed up here, yeah. I was actually, we talked to uh, a bunch of counselors in South Carolina um, yesterday and today. So that was really neat. I, I feel like, you know, everybody always thought I was going to be a preacher because of my father. But I always thought that I, I could see myself being a speaker, not so much a preacher. So, yeah, we're trying to head that way. We're, we're going to head that way. We, we're going to do some speaking engagements. And one day I'm going to do a TED Talk. Oh, yeah, I was hearing about that in an interview I was doing earlier this week about how to get land a TED Talk. But I'm sure LeVon Kirkland's going to land the TED Talk. Trust I me. certainly hope so. Yeah, so you have to figure out what topic it's going to be, right? Figure out. Yeah, you know, it, it could, you know, I'm trying to get my keynote speech down as we talk. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I think you can learn a lot of things from football. That could possibly be it. I know I'm going to share my story. Uh, you know, I'm going to talk about when my wife had cancer, just dealing with all that and how you try to bounce back from that. So, yeah, and you know, I <laughs> I find myself talking to a lot of people who've lost, you know, loved ones or spouses and because I went through that whole thing. So uh, whatever it's going to be, I, you know, I'm just going to enjoy it. All right. So we talked about that. What is your ultimate goal for the podcast? Where do you want to see it go? Oh, man. You know, honestly, I would like to have it go all over. And at, one, at some point in time, I would like to be my own radio host and you know, let it be, you know, send, I mean, you know, just go all around the world. So uh, be syndicated. So th that's the way I see it. And, I, you know, I see it as more so of a, a sports and leadership. I, I want to talk to people about how they succeed, how they lead how they got there. I think that's more interesting than just talking, you know, strictly about sports. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, that, and I think it's a key thing, LeVon, you have to do is you basically entertain and, and, and motivate, yeah. bring that whole perspective together. And that's exciting what you're trying to do with uh, the speaking. Interesting that, because again, it's something where, you know, we all want to be the, the, the one that's has, you know, can have 20,000 people hearing us speak everywhere. The Tony Robbins, yeah. some sort of aspect. We all look at those, those, those types of uh, inspirational people for sure. Um, no question. So, and so that I like hearing the goal of the podcast. What do you, what do you, what, if you would define the difference between podcasting and radio, what would you say? Who I think, I, I think there's a freedom to podcasting. I think that you can really be more of yourself. You're not, you know, you're not good. You're not so much being a robot and you get to kind of pick your genre. So that's what I like about it. You know, if you go with a radio station, most likely, you know, it has a, you know, they're going to kind of tell you what to do. Uh, they're going to, you know, be producers. And I, and I can't wait to do that in a way, but I, I like the podcast because I feel like you have the freedom to talk about whatever you want to talk about. All right. Best place we can connect and listen to the podcast. Where can we go? Uh, man, we can go on the Believe Network. Uh, I think we're on YouTube, of course. 
um, Spotify, uh, Apple. So there's a lot of places that you can listen to it. I think it's a great show. I like it. I'm proud of it. And uh, we just got to continue to market ourselves and get out there. And what I also think that you need to look at is that saying, okay, now I'm going to continue to practice my chops for yes. doing podcasting. Have you done social audio? Have you jumped up a clubhouse or anything like that, LaVon? No, uh, I haven't done that. So thank you so much for giving yeah. me that advice. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you should definitely jump on social audio. Clubhouse is a great place, especially. And I'm sure people that are sports fans want that, but also hear your motivation and speaking and going out there. And uh, reach out to me. We'll, let's chat sometime. I'll put you on a clubhouse uh, stage and let you do your thing. So, all right. Sounds that good? sounds great, man. All right, LaVon. Appreciate it, man. All right, brother. Be good. All right, guys. That was a special uh, edition of the Neil Haley Show and Sports Category Directors Podcast Magazine. Take care.